0: Cruise Radio is brought to you by InsureMyTrip.com. Travel insurance done right from the people who know travel insurance. Find out more at InsureMyTrip.com. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3,
1: 2, 1. Broadcasting from the InsureMyTrip.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio.
0: Hey, what's up? I'm Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this week's episode of Cruise Radio. This week, we're not going to do a cruise ship review, but we're going to give you some cruise resources to use when it comes to researching your next cruise vacation. Jason Leppard from PopularCruising.com will be with us a little later on in the program to give us his two cents. We always enjoy hearing from Jason. Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, is standing by. We'll get to him in just a minute, but uh, earlier this week... Carnival Cruise Lines uh, announced that they're repositioning Carnival Freedom from Port Everglades in Florida over to the Gulf in Galveston, Texas, and uh, they're really just bullish on the Gulf market, it seems, because... Three ships in Galveston as of February 2015. That's going to be over 600,000 guests embarking from the port. So I had a chance to talk to Terry Thornton earlier today. He is the Senior Vice President of Port Operations and Fleet Deployment for Carnival Cruise Lines. And I asked him, I said, uh, Terry, why is Carnival so bullish on the Gulf market? And this is what he told me.
2: We are very bullish in the in the Gulf region um, and specifically for the Galveston market. Um, we've had some news recently as well in the New Orleans market where we've uh, also uh, increased our capacity there. But specific to Galveston, uh, we are very bullish on the Galveston market. And uh, there's, there's several reasons why we think this is really uh, a really important move and a very strong move for us. Um, number one is we've had very strong performance with the Carnival Magic and the Carnival Triumph. They performed very well. Um, and they generate some of the highest guest satisfaction of any ships in our fleet um, so the performance of those two ships has been outstanding and we we think that the the carnival product is a just a perfect fit for the people sailing with from Galveston
0: I also asked Terry why carnival freedom to be moved to Galveston the
2: uh, the explanation for that is that we've had a strategy for a while now of um, we really want to have uh, a good complement of ships that have gone through the FunShip 2.0 transformations in a number of different home ports. So not all, have them all in one home port. And, so we're really trying to spread them around so that we can offer that experience to uh, guests that, uh, in a number of different home ports. So We have found that on the other ships that have uh, had this transformation that work done, our guests just love the FunShip 2.0 uh, experiences.
0: There you go, straight from the horse's mouth. And now Stuart Chiron, the cruise guy. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug. How's it going? Good. So uh, this kind of upsets some people, our first uh, little bit here. Royal Caribbean is moving a ship to China, but not just any ship.
3: It isn't just any ship, Doug. They are moving the world's most highly anticipated cruise ship in five years, Quantum of the Seas. Uh, I mean, that, that took a lot of people by surprise. You know, there's a lot of people that were pretty angry. Travel agents, because they were looking to sell it. You had consumers that were looking to book it. And, and then, of course, Anthem. You know, people were expecting to be able to start sailing in next November from Fort Lauderdale to the Caribbean. I mean, they're not going to be able to do that because uh, the ship Anthem of the Seas was going to be actually going up to New York to replace Quantum of the Seas. It's it's going to be at least 2016 until we see a seven-day Caribbean uh, of the quantum class in our neighborhoods.
0: Do you think that there was any incentives that like, China gave Royal Caribbean to bring that ship over there? Because that's a pretty bold move.
3: It's, it's a significantly bold move. I mean, right now there's Mariner of the Seas and Voyager of the Seas. I mean, a Freedom-class ship, a Radiance-class ship, uh, you know, would have uh, done uh, extremely well. But th- this was an exclamation mark move. But uh, I definitely believe there had to be some financial incentive from the ports out there in order to swing a ship of that caliber out there this fast.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, switching gears here, uh, Carnival Cruise Lines announced last week that they are revamping and renaming Camp Carnival.
3: Yeah, can you you believe that? I mean, that was a very popular name for their Mm -hmm. award winning program for years. Carnival uh, does carry more kids and any cruise line, and uh, I think part of it is, is about flexibility. Uh, like Royal Caribbean, uh, they're going with a an ocean theme, so we're going to, instead of Camp Carnival, it'll be called Camp Ocean, and uh, and that you know, the first ship to uh, uh, debut it on is going to be the newly revamped Carnival Freedom on May 24th, and uh, it's going to cater toward uh, kids uh, you know, beginning at the age of two all the way up to age 11.
0: Well, and speaking of Carnival Freedom, Carnival announced this week that they're pulling Carnival Freedom out of Florida and moving it over to Galveston, Texas. Uh, what is what are your thoughts on this?
3: Well, uh, you know, Doug, it's, it's interesting. You know, Galveston, you know, I mean, how many more ships can that port specifically handle? You know, you got uh, Princess from Houston. Um, you've also got, you know, Royal Caribbean there with, uh, you know, with, with their ships. And I mean, it's, it's a lot. So you know, again, how many? You know, we, Disney's left. Um, you know, P- P- Princess is there for their second attempt. And uh, you know, it's just a question of you know how many ships can the Texas market hand, uh, support? Because remember, about eighty percent of the passengers that go on those cruises are from Texas.
0: Right. So it's a, it's a drive market type. Uh, so it, port. it's
3: a, it's an interesting move. Uh, I do not think uh, it's it's in. Uh, any it has anything to do with the fact that Royal Caribbean is going to be moving a ship? Because if you recall, uh, Royal Caribbean announced that they were going to be moving a Liberty uh, class, uh, I'm sorry, a Freedom class ship, which mm-hmm. was going to be Liberty of the Seas in early uh, 2015. Uh, you know, because of uh, a deal that they put together with the port uh, because of uh, recent uh, upgrades to their terminal. But um, the uh, freedom of the oh, sorry, Liberty of the Seas, is being delayed because it's going to be going up to New York in May of 15 to uh, take over for Quantum when she leaves for China. But uh, I think it's a look. It's a great move. I mean, they've got three ships in Port Canaveral, and now they'll have three year year-round ships out of Galveston, which will uh, account for more than 600,000 passengers from that market, which is significant.
0: And uh, Galveston is mostly and mainly a drive market, isn't it?
3: Yeah, it's, it's Yes, and it's yeah. uh, 80% of the people uh, that, that cruise out of Galveston or Houston hail from Texas.
0: Okay, interesting. Looks like Norwegian Cruise Line, uh, they updated their ultimate dining package. Uh, give us the details on this.
3: Well, they, they they're trying to make it more inclusive. So on Norwegian Epic, and Norwegian uh, Breakaway and Getaway, they added the Spiegel Tent and Illusionarium, mm-hmm. and uh, these are uh, specialty restaurants with you know, that, that put on a show. Mm-hmm. And uh, those those uh, dining venues have been added to the uh, Ultimate Dining Package, um, but the caveat, Doug, is that uh, it's only good on the first night of the sailing. Ah, so it's it's not good on days. Let's say on a seven-day cruise, it doesn't work on days uh, on nights two to seven. So uh, it's only good for the first night, but uh, essentially the uh, seven-night packages remain unchained, uh, unchanged at $119 per person, and uh, it just affords you some really nice opportunities to eat in the different uh, dining venues, the specialty restaurants that they have uh, on board.
0: I would say, you know, that's like a not-to-miss show, though, uh, The Illusionarium with The Magic Show. That it was, was I
3: thought it was terrific.
0: Yeah, like, uh, you know, I w- I'm usually a skeptic with those kind of things, but... I, I don't know how they did a lot of that
3: yeah well it was just the, the, the whole thing the the acting was excellent the the showroom itself uh, was excellent and the food was was pretty good uh, but it really was a, a great show very entertaining and very engaging
0: yeah for sure uh, Regal Princess we see where she's finally done with sea trials so what's next for her
3: well she's done with the uh, she was at she was doing sea trials Doug, for six days mmm And uh, so she returned back to the uh, the shipyard there in Italy. They're going to be, you know, making whatever adjustments. Um, I remember Royal Princess uh, actually went out a couple of times, wound up going into dry dock, uh, and then coming back out, uh, you know, for some more testing. So, you know, who knows? But the uh, delivery date is quickly approaching, which is May 16th um, in Venice. And uh, the first sailing is uh, May 20th.
0: And we'll see her uh, in... What, Fort Lauderdale in November,
3: is it? In November. Okay. Uh, November 5th, I believe, is the naming ceremony in Fort Lauderdale.
0: Oh, that's cool. So we'll actually have it over here this time. Correct. Okay, very so, cool. Uh, so, uh, you
3: know, there's a lot, lot happening. I mean, that is the, the next brand-new ship to uh, grace the world, uh, and uh, she's going to spend uh, her summer there in Europe.
0: We have a a listener question here. Are you up for answering one? Absolutely. Okay. It's uh, from Brian Cantwell on Facebook. He says, I'm looking for direction on the issue of tipping. We no longer use the dining room for our meals. We take our meals in the buffet or specialty restaurants. We are generous with our gratuities at these venues for good service. A large portion of the tipping schedule is for dining room personnel, a service we do not use. What would your recommendation be in dealing with this discrepancy? We are told that the gratuities are still circulated amongst all cruise personnel. Do we lessen the amount of tipping collected, less the dining room portion?
3: Well, Doug, that's a great question. Really, really good question. Doug, a lot of people don't realize that uh, when you say there's like a pool, when you go to the buffets, when you go to the, the, you know, for breakfast and lunch, um, the gratuities that that you make uh, for your, your the dining personnel are shared with those employees. Mm-hmm. So these people that are you know uh, helping you to your table, helping you serve you, you know getting you drinks, they are they they do share in the the tipping pool. Um, so it you know so essentially by reducing your tips, essentially you're saying, hey, overall on this sailing, I got bad service. And unfortunately, you would be hurting a great many of the staff on board that are attempting to provide you with great service. In the old days, Doug, you, I mean, you had breakfast, lunch, and dinner in the main dining room.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
3: today, because of the flexible dining programs that are available, instead of having the same waiter and busboy um, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, it's it's shared. So whether you know um, you know Carlos or John or Mary are serving you. Uh, they're doing so, you know, to provide excellent service and they are sharing the gratuities that, that you do provide. Now it is interesting that there is one cruise line, uh, NCL, uh, that in their, in their passenger contract that says that, uh, not all of your tips, uh, go to the, uh, intended personnel that, uh, it is used for other purposes.
0: Right. And that uh, would be, be what
3: training, but, uh, I mean, they're the only ones that, that do that. Other other cruise lines have assured that all the money goes to the uh, dining uh, staff that does work so hard to uh, please and, and serve. You know, uh, the, you know, uh, consumers while they're on board the ship. So you would be hurting uh, those other people that are working very hard.
0: Yeah, and I guess at the end of the day, uh, for Brian, I guess it's like a personal preference what to do. Like for me personally, I've been on sailings where I haven't stepped into the main dining room one time for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, but I've always left the tips on just because they kind of divvied up amongst this the you know everyone. It's not just right. I mean, the server; it's the cook right. and the the because dishwasher. You're,
3: you're, you could be in the lounge. You could be. At the buffet, you it could be, uh, you know, in a myriad of places. You could have breakfast or lunch in one of the other restaurants, and that's where it comes. Now, when he says that he's generous with the uh, gratuities in the specialty restaurants, keep in mind that the fees that the cruise lines charge for those dining restaurants, uh, gratuities are included. Right. You don't need to increase the amount. So if you're paying $40 to eat in, you know, a specialty restaurant per person, part of that money is the gratuity so you don't need to to tip beyond that
0: yeah and uh, just to take it a step further i've also noticed like in the buffet areas in the morning and at lunchtime like i've actually had my dining room servers working in the buffet during lunch so it's like right. you know it's not just they're not just working in the main dining room they're also working in the buffet area too so you're kind they're, of pulling they're all from over everybody the ship. yeah
3: they're all over the ship and uh you know, they're working hard and the last thing you want to do is hurt them awesome man thanks Stuart hey my pleasure Doug
2: how many times have you said that'll never happen to us vacations are a big investment with both time and money and they should be protected For over a decade, InsureMyTrip.com has been the online travel insurance leader, offering the best plans from the most trusted providers. Our licensed and award-winning customer service team makes sure you have the right coverage for your travel. To find out why over 98% of travelers would recommend InsureMyTrip, visit InsureMyTrip.com.
1: For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3
3: million people to fine art.
0: Park West makes us excited to spend money on art.
2: To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net
3: and click on the Park West Gallery icon. You're listening to Cruise Radio,
1: part of the iHeartRadio Talk Network.
0: Joining us now on the show is Jason Leppert from popularcruising.com and the Popular Cruising Podcast. What's going on, my friend? hanging in there man always cruising and having fun i hear you man uh, by the way i got to tell you loving the video podcasts man cool i really appreciate it yeah is the uh how's that going for you as far as on a production end is it, are you is it overwhelming or are you enjoying the video editing and the production aspect it's
1: fun you know it takes a little bit more time but it's definitely worthwhile and uh, definitely uh getting a lot out of it so that's cool
0: See, I have a face for radio, so I couldn't do a video podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm not used to being in front of the camera. That takes me getting used to yeah, it. Yeah, it. it really, really does. But well, speaking of uh, video podcasts and podcasts and everything, I brought you on the show, Jason, to talk about resources and what uh, what cruise passengers can use as resources to really kind of do a deep dive um, into the cruising whole experience. So my first question I have for you, Jason, is like the Internet is a total mess of information? Like it's just so unorganized as far as if you if you type in cruise in Google, I did it the other day and I got like six point four million articles came back. So like yeah. where would you recommend someone if it was like going on their first cruise or they wanted to find out some cruise information, like how would you say they should get started?
1: Well, like you said, I mean the internet really is a mess of information. You go to Google and you do a search and if you let's say type in cruise reviews you're more likely going to come up with cruise critic or cruise mates mm-hmm. and they're great resources in fact i got my start with cruise mates mm-hmm. uh was contributing there and uh but you know they're the really the they're the big boys you know and, right. and there's something to be said for some of the more independent freelancers out there and you know you're one of those and so am i and i think uh it is definitely worth diving into those because you get a different perspective and you might get a little bit more of a maybe uh more independent thinking and more independent uh um, opinions and that kind of thing. So I think that's good. And if I could even just plug my own thing for right now, um, the development or developing a website called Cruise Nav, and that's N-A-V as in Victor, mm-hmm. CruiseNav.com. And it's really just meant to gather all of the independent freelancer content together. And it's a one location. It's sort of one-stop shopping. You, you go there and sort of uh, get a sense for everything that like cruising is all about.
0: Yeah. Let's back up to like the big boys you were talking about, like sure. Cruise Critic and CruiseMates Mates. Uh, you know, because a lot of those, uh, you know, the cruise lines actually advertise on their website. That's like some of their big revenue, uh, like for cruise critic where you have, um, cruise line a, B or C giving them hundreds of thousands of dollars per year, uh, to keep the site running pretty much. Do you think that the reviews are objective on the big sites? Like, do you think that the smaller sites and the, the independent sites are are a little more accurate and spot on?
1: I mean, I think they're all objective as much as they can be, Mm -hmm. um, but I think what it comes down to is the freelancers maybe are going to give you more intimate or give you more of a intimate uh, perspective and show you kind of like what it's like on board with more photographs and video and kind of get into the nitty gritty a bit more.
0: Yeah. I find that the big boys are a little more sterile.
1: Right. Exactly. So if you want a little bit more personality and, uh, and the voice of the different freelancers, that's a good place to go.
0: Absolutely. And if you want typos and grammatical errors, just go to Um, (laughs) cruiseradio.net. Let me ask you this. (laughs) Let me ask you this, Jason. Uh, What resources are out there uh, for first-time cruisers to actually learn about the industry or learn about cruise ships?
1: Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, there's actually even plenty beyond the Internet. I mean, there's still the the guidebooks out there. and. One that was always a go to for my own family was what we call the Cruise Bible, effectively, which is uh, Douglas Ward's uh, guide. It's the Berlitz Guide to Cruising. Mm-hmm. And man, he goes in there and reviews every single ship uh, that's out there, even ones that you've probably never heard of. And they're in that book. And if you want to get the uh, sense for all the vessels from every single cruise line, that's the place I would recommend.
0: Let's talk about as far as, you know, because the internet is basically something where anybody can publish anything and become a um, what do they call that something journalist where they're like uh, well I can't think of the name right now but anybody can type something and the whole world can see it so do you think there's any resources out there that people should be like skeptical of and you know just take it for what it's worth because for me my experience that I write about could be totally different than the guy next door to me
1: And uh, I know you've you've kind of mentioned in the past like message boards and that kind of thing. And, you know, if you go to a message board or a forum, it's a great community of different people that have cruised. But sometimes people kind of air their dirty laundry there and you get the negative opinions only and maybe not some of the positives. And it's really up to you to kind of parse through that and get the information. And it takes time. You know, you have to go through and do your research, certainly. But uh, I think that's a good place to look, uh, getting opinions from actual cruisers, um, even above and beyond uh, the different sites that are doing the reviews.
0: And I think it's important that we re, uh, we reiterate the fact that take what you read on the message boards if someone's talking very negative with a grain yeah. of salt because uh, Absolutely. yeah I forgot my sports jacket I left it in my rental car uh, one cruise and oh, I, uh, yeah and it was a Honda America sailing and I left it on, in the sports I left it in the uh, the rental car and I wrote about that on the message board because people were asking about it hey will they let me into the dining room if I forget my sports jacket so um, oh, yeah. I, I told them I forgot it and people were slamming me, telling me I should never be allowed to go on a cruise ship again because I forgot my sports jacket and how irresponsible that was of me. I'm like, I didn't leave my kid That's in the cheap. car, you know. Yeah, it's a sports right. jacket, and I, you know, it's like he who without sin cast a first stone type thing, you know.
1: Right, right. Yeah, if you want to find somebody who's opinionated, go to him.
0: <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, what, what are some of your favorite resources out there?
1: Um, you know, definitely, like I said, the Berlitz guide. Um, definitely podcasts like this one. You know, hey, got a there you like go, yourself, right?
0: Cruise rodeo, um,
1: and then. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a new one that's out there is onboard.com. That's pretty cool.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, even cruiselegend.com is a neat one that's a bunch of information about different ports around the world and what's going on there. Um, and they're they're always uh, written by people that uh, are actually locals. That's kind of a neat site. Um, so is cruisetimetables.com, mm-hmm. uh, which is a fun one if you want to find out basically where any ship is at any given time in the world. That's kind of fun. Oh, yeah. yeah there's good stuff like that. And obviously, even just the cruise lines on the website. They yes. really have gotten better over time and offer a lot, too.
0: Let's back up to a uh, cruise because I got to say, sure. it, you know, a lot of people don't know about this site, but Peter has yeah. worked his butt off developing this you site sure for have. the past couple of years. And you're right. Like if you want to know where to go in a certain port, every single port, like it's not someone in Florida writing about Amsterdam. It's someone actually yeah. boots on the ground in Amsterdam writing about Amsterdam.
1: Exactly, exactly right. So yeah, if you so want an insider's perspective,
0: that's the place to be. Yeah, check it out there at cruiselegend.com. I uh, I guess a couple of my favorites are cruisecal.com. Have you ever used that one? I haven't, no. No, no it's cool. actually cruisecal, C A L. It's like cruise calendar and it shows okay. you uh, what ship is in what port and there's some really really cool features there. Um let's let's uh you know while we're talking about uh our favorite resources, do you have any like favorite apps for cruising? You know, again, it kind of goes back to
1: the uh, the ones that are being developed by the cruise lines themselves right now that I really enjoy. I mean, mm-hmm. Disney Cruise Line has one, Norwegian Cruise Line has one, and even NSC Cruises. And those are really cool. I mean, they're really taking them far, especially in the region on board uh, you can even use your own iphone as or uh, any smartphone i believe and use it as sort of a walkie-talkie while you're on board which is kind of annoying to some people i know any other walkie talkies but yeah um you know you look at disney they have what they call their wave funds and that's essentially cell phones you can use on board um as an extension of your wine that's in your room um but this has gone a step further and it's really cool and you can use your own device which i think is a really neat idea
0: i have two of them i want to say uh, are you a fan of made app at all
1: you know, I haven't actually
0: used it myself. Yeah, it's really cool. Uh, Mike Giroux was on the show a couple of weeks ago. He's the, the developer and creator, and I think he just sold it for like million a million dollars to this big cruise company, World Travel Holdings. So uh, good for him for awesome. retiring in his 20s. But um, <laughs> that's really a really cool app because not only does it let you like have deck plans and a cruise countdown and all this stuff, mm-hmm. but it also puts you uh, in touch with a live chat forum on the actual app for people on your sailing, so you can kind of do a, your own little uh, meet-and-greet, uh, little shipmate app meet-and-greet, if you will.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That's, that's great really to cool. get up people before and after, yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh, well, Jason, it's been great talking to you, my friend. And uh, as always, uh, actually, you know what? Before we hop here, uh, at the top of the show, we were talking about your, uh, your new video podcast and stuff. So kind of give us the rundown.
1: Yeah, so um, on iTunes, if you look at uh, Popular Cruising video podcast, it's just a five- to ten-minute uh, episodic show that I'm putting together. Uh, the idea is that um, you can get more information um, in a quicker format and more visually as well. So you can kind of get a sense for what it looks like on the cruise ships, and uh, not just have uh, someone talking about it, I guess.
0: And uh, you mentioned you have CruiseNav. That's cruise, N A V dot com. And uh, g- kind of go into detail about what CruiseNav is.
1: Yeah, right now it's kind of in beta. So we're working on developing it, but you can go to the site there, and it's uh, based uh, uh, mostly on a. The idea that uh, you can have sort of an aggregate of all of these different independent freelancers that have it all, all their content in one location, uh, sort of as a means of discovering cruise reviews that maybe are more to your liking and you can go ahead and find the individual freelancers that you like and go to their website from there.
0: Very good. We've been talking with Jason Leppard of PopularCruising.com, CruiseNav.com, Popular Cruising Podcast. Oh, my gosh, you're killing me, man. you going to write a book next? What's going on? <laughs> I, I think maybe one of these days I will if I ever <sighs> have time. All right. Well, thank you, Jason. I appreciate <laughs> it, my friend. My pleasure. And that'll do it for this episode of Cruise Radio. Thank you so much for making us a part of your day. Realize you have a lot of options out there, and uh, you taking 25 minutes of your day to tune in means a lot. So thank you so much. If you'd like to catch our articles online, cruiseradio.net. Also, facebook.com slash cruiseradio. From the insuremytrip.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Doug Parker, and this is Cruise Radio.
1: Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the insuremytrip.com studios. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.